0: My guests today picked up and packed up and made a new life for themselves in another country, Something a lot of a stream of doing these days since we've been isolated and having to stay in due to COVID. I want you to meet Sue and Diana, who are the founders and ed- publishers and editors. Uh, we'll get their exact title from them in a second. Of Food Travelist, which is a wonderful uh, culinary travel website. I'm Courtney Drake McDonough, the publisher and managing editor of realfoodtraveler.com. And I'm so glad to have Sue and Diana as my guests today on the podcast. I've known them for a few years because of one of their projects, which we'll be talking about, um, and admired them for the fabulous content they have on Food Travelist and the big, bold things that they've been doing in their lives lately. So Sue and Diana, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having us. Hi, Courtney. Thanks so much for inviting us to join you today.
0: Thank you. And um, I'll have you tell everybody where I'm in Colorado. Where are you right now? We are on,
1: we we are on, we are in Estrel, Portugal. Awesome. And that is, it's about uh, 40 minutes uh, west of Lisbon and about a five minute drive from Cascais, Portugal, which
0: is right along the coast of Portugal. Well, thank thank you Zoom for making this possible and easy. Um, so I, I totally butchered your um <laughs> your titles. So why don't you guys do a proper uh, introduction of yourselves?
1: Sure, no uh, no worries. We don't actually like go by former title former titles. So <laughs> probably we can introduce ourselves.
2: <laughs> We're co founders. That's, right. That's pretty yeah. much what we what we do. Uh, when push comes to shove, Sue is the president of the company, and I'm the vice president. Yeah. Okay that's for corporate purposes. Right. <laughs> All right.
1: So, yeah, so we can we can introduce ourselves. That's fine if you okay. want to do a
0: formal introduction. So how um tell us what food travelist is, how long it's been around and that kind of thing.
1: Okay. Um, well, we we founded food travelist oddly enough you know we had we had decided like many years ago we were but we both had corporate jobs and we wanted to do something together and so we decided to start a blog and we started a blog that was called Poshports and now you may say what is, does that even mean well yeah unfortunately that was part of the problem with that first blog that we had we you know a lot of people just didn't understand what the title meant what we were trying to do with that uh, blog was, Um, try to give people information on how to live a good life for a little bit less. You know, it was about travel. It was about food. It was about lifestyle, sports, news. It was really about everything. everything. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, it was doing okay. And, you know, we were like, well, you know, there's a lot of content. A lot of different areas to fill in in a blog like that. And so when we started looking at the analytics, it was blaringly, you know, obvious that, that what people wanted to hear from about from us was food and travel, food and travel. It just kept coming up again and again. Every time we wrote about something, you know, that was placed so that we went, something that we ate, a combination of those things, they did, it the content did really well. So we said, why are we doing this? You know, where we have this uh, blog that, you know, people don't, we have to explain uh, like for 10 minutes, you know, how, what, what it is. So, so we very quickly said, let's come up with something else. And so we came up with Uh, food travelist, you know, and obviously that name alone, you know, tells you exactly what it is. And so there's no, there was no explanation needed when we were talking about our site. And so, you know, as soon as we launched that site, and that was about eight years ago, um, you know, we um, started with having a lot of success right away, you know, and so we knew we made the right decision. It was also something that we both had uh, a lot of passion for, you know, we love to travel, we love to eat, Diana loves to cook. You know so, I do, those I things do.
0: uh, you know, came together in a really good way for us. And, and how long ago did you establish it?
1: Eight, Eight years, years ago.
0: ago, okay. Um, mm-hmm. and how about food travel chat? Tell us about that.
2: Uh, food travel chat was an outgrowth of the community that we had formed around the website, and people. Um, love to comment on things and they were finding ways to share um, their own recipes, their ideas, their travel stuff. And at the time we were looking at social media and and, um, Twitter was just really beginning to have a a big impact on community building and Twitter chats uh, were kind of becoming a really interesting way to get people together around a topic. So we thought, well, the things that we're talking about is food and travel. So let's come up with a, again, a simple name, Food Travel Chat. And we invited the followers of our website initially, and then just people in our own personal um, Twitter communities. And then people we uh, would find us, people who are interested in food and travel and, eventually it took on a life of its own and now I would say that a lot of the people who are on food travel chat um, may or may not even know anything about food travelists other than that Um, you know we're involved with the chat but uh, it's really developed into its own community of worldwide um, chatters who are interested in food and travel one of the most exciting things for us is when we see people make connections and say oh i'm going to australia and somebody says well i'll meet you at the airport or you have to go to this restaurant and that over the course of the you know we started it a little bit after we started the the site um but uh we've had people who've been chatting um on food travel chat for the whole time since day one i mean,
1: you know, the, and, chat, I mean the chat's been around for seven years you know now so um th- that community has really, a lot of those people have stuck with from the very beginning and, you know, really made you know friendships out of it. I know we've met, we've also met a lot of people um, all over the world, you know, that have wanted to meet up, you know, once they know that we're coming to their area.
2: And people come and meet us here. Yeah. And uh, surprisingly, a lot of people have uh, you know raised their hand and said, Hey, we're really interested in Portugal, or we're uh, already we've got a trip planned or we had to delay a trip or whatnot. Um, we've already met with several people, you know who some of whom have decided that they want to move here too. So yeah. it's it's pretty fun and and uh, an exciting
0: time. I don't know if you had them from the beginning, but you've had a crew of moderators. I've been proud to be one of them the past couple of years, where you share the questions with us. That because there's a set of questions, kind of conversation prompts for each topic every week, and we all tweet those out as well, so that whoever's happens to be looking has multiple opportunities to see those questions, and and then everybody just sort of pitches in and answers and and likes each other's comments and retweets things, and when the two of you and I were talking recently um i loved the way you described what your original vision was for food travel chat um, so can you share that
2: sure it's uh we describe it as a, a global virtual dinner party which it really still is and it, we keep uh reminding ourselves and in fact one of our topics was holiday party and people um love the the topic we ask 10 questions during the course of an hour and uh, we have moderators such as yourself who um, support the um, uh, conversation by uh, chatting with everyone. You know, it's, it's difficult at, at like any uh, dinner party, whether it's virtual or otherwise, to, to see what everybody's saying and to engage with everybody. And so the, the group of us actually function Um, together. And when somebody new comes on, we make sure we welcome them. When somebody has a a really fun uh, question, a side question, we we watch the conversations grow from there. And um, the moderators and uh, us, we've all kind of formed this wonderful uh, nucleus so that the conversation continues to flow and people feel welcome. And one of the comments that we continually get About the chat is that it's so much fun and it's such a welcoming and non judgmental environment. We actually have people who put up notes saying, Oh, I'm so upset. I can't, I'm not going to be able to make food travel chat. And, you know, I have to go to my grandmother's house and make her dinner. And, you know, but here's a picture of, you know, whatever the topic is, or I'll go back and answer the questions when I get home, you know, tomorrow. And so people really feel like it's a place that they
0: hang out. And we love that about the chat. Yeah. And it, when I became involved in it, it was the perfect time for me because I was maybe a year or so into having bought Real Food Traveler from its previous owner. And it was so wonderful to immediately have this new network of, of people who were like-minded um, to me and to my readers and to be able to encourage our readers to to join in the conversation too. and And that's This makes it especially wonderful, (laughs) our big news, that I am taking the reins of food travel chat from you guys starting in January of 2022, and um, I was so honored that you asked me to do it. And, and I promise you, I will take very good care of your, your wonderful, everything yeah. you've built. We know you will. <laughs> I, not it. um, so it's a big responsibility because it is such a wonderful thing. But I, I know you guys aren't gonna leave me floundering. You're still gonna be part of it and part of the community. No, yeah. of
2: course not. We'll always be part of the Food Travel Chat community. We just think that now is a wonderful time. For uh, you to be able to give it new life and give give your uh, uh, ideas and um, you know we we know we we know what we sound like <laughs> a lot <laughs> I think sometimes mm-hmm. even with the best of intentions you know after a while you want to hear somebody else's uh, voice be a little bit more in the forefront and so we'll we'll be happy to take a back seat and support you in any Thank way you. we can okay. but uh, we really are looking forward to seeing some of your topics and ideas and, and uh, uh, your, your thoughts on how to uh, move it forward. Communities change over time and this one has too, um, but it's still a vibrant and exciting community. Our uh, uh, experiences here in Portugal, um, you know, can only help support, uh, I think some of the more interesting uh, things that we might have down the road for us right. as well.
0: Well, that's that's a perfect entree. Um, let's talk about you and life in Portugal. Can you explain what the transition was and why and how difficult it's been or not?
1: Well, it, it, I would say that, well, first of all, it's kind of, it's rather a long story, <laughs> as you can imagine, because no one, I don't think anyone, especially our age, Um, decides to move to another country, you know, on a whim, you know, so uh, I went on a press trip uh, to uh, Portugal in 2017, you know, and I was, I was here literally an hour and I had gone from the airport in Lisbon to a small walled city, medieval walled city called Obadoche, you know, in Portugal and fell in love in about two seconds, you know, And, and I was walking around that town. I had my first prestige to not, uh, you know, and I was walking around going uh, and talking to people and just seeing things and thinking, I can't believe this place. I must have jet lag or something because this place is just like a dream come true. You know, it's like, I really love this place. And I got back to the hotel and I called Diana because she wasn't with me on that particular trip. And I said, you won't believe this place. I actually think I could live here. And she, I think she dropped the phone because I am not, I'm a planner, I'm a think advanced person, I, you know, really, you know, talk about something until I know, you know, that it's, it's right. And that's what I want to do. So for me to just kind of throw that out after being here for such a short amount of time, she was flabbergasted. And so I said, well, we definitely need to plan another trip to come back, you know, and so, you know, uh, you know, it took a while, you know, for, for, for Diana to get back here and myself again. We came back in 2019. We were on a press trip to go to Madeira. And after that, we, um, you know, took some time by ourselves to drive up and down uh, Portugal, all the way from Lisbon, uh, all the way back to... Um, uh, all the way I, down I, to Stubel. Yeah, we I mean, we, Stubel. We, we really yeah. went and covered
2: from Braga, which is yeah. up to the very north of the country, through Porto down to Coimbra, some of the main uh, you know, cities, and and then into the Silver Coast and the central area down to Lisbon and all the way down. We did not go as far as the Algarve, which is really, really far south because I don't think either one of us likes the heat that much. Yeah. And so um, it tends to get more hot down there.
1: Yeah. Well, we wanted to see as much as we could see on that trip and see, right, well, and as I also learn, was this a place that we really could live, you know? And I think Diana, you know, also fell in love with Portugal pretty quickly too. Um, you know, it's 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 such a it's it's such a. An, a charming place, you know, for people that haven't been here. The people here are so very, very friendly and so welcoming. And I, I truly believe it's it's from their heritage and their culture of accepting people from other countries. I mean, there's people from other countries from all over the world, you know, that, I mean, obviously they were explorers, you know, the you know, Portuguese were explorers, you know, and they brought back so many uh, wonderful flavors and foods from around the world that are now here. And it's, it's really remarkable when you go into the neighborhoods and you, you know, just see so many different kinds of people and everyone getting along uh, and, and then just living in this, in this country so peaceably. Uh, it's really, I, I think, rather inspirational. You know? And when you come here, as we have, as immigrants, um, you, you know that you are different, but you also know that people are very friendly here and they will help you. It's like we've had many occasions, <laughs> and you say, has it been difficult? It's like, we also made the, I should say we made the decision to move here you know, after that trip. And then we had, you know, obviously, to do all of the paperwork and uh, go through what, you know, how long it was going to take and whatnot. And of course, at that point, COVID hit. And put a kibosh on us, you know, coming, you know, anytime, you know, soon, at least not in 2020. And so, we took our time, you know, going through the paperwork and everything, and uh, then, you know, we were able to get here in the early part of April of 2021. Um, and, uh, and, in that process all along the way, you know, it's like, you know, it's not a simple process. And you know, obviously there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there's times when you want to pull your hair out and there's times that you want to cry and there's times that you want to laugh and there's times that you're really happy and there's times you're really frustrated, you know? So I think probably the, the, the biggest thing I can say to anyone trying to embark on a thing like this is, uh, you know, you really need to be patient, uh, every step of the way, especially when you're coming to a place like this and I'm assuming a lot of other places like this that move a little bit slower than what we're used to in the United States you know it's like so things that you might think why is why can't they just sign this and, and, and give it to me it's like it doesn't work that way here you know <laughs> it just doesn't you know until so you have to smile Um, there's no I mean you know a lot of times in the United States people will stand at a target customer service and saying mom we're screaming Mama, give me I, this I want this I want and it's like and that may work <laughs> in the United States that does not work here Um, you really need to be kind to people. They do not react well. I was like, you know what? I wouldn't either. (laughs) And I don't either, you know, react well to people getting in my face and that. And it's like, so it's much more civilized here in terms of the way people communicate with each other. You know, it's like, you don't see people um, just being rude, you know, outright, you know, to each other. It's just not done.
2: A lot of things here are more high touch as well. Um, You have to be here if you're getting a delivery, for example, (laughs) they will not deliver it just and leave it at the front door or something like that. Um, and you'll get a telephone to schedule uh, an appointment mm-hmm. or.
1: You can't necessarily just do it online. It's like yeah. if someone's gonna deliver something, they'll call you and say, are you going to be there tomorrow at 10? Right. Well, yes, I will, thank you very much. You know, so it is, it's kind of kind of like a blast to the past and, and some.
2: Yeah, some and they have a lot of sophisticated systems, but yeah. very often those systems are used um, for part of the process. Um, they have one very interesting system here f- called the Multibanco, which is basically an ATM, but it's an ATM that you can do everything from. You And it doesn't matter which bank you use. Um, you can pay your bills, you can order um, tickets, you can get a bus pass, uh, you can um, use it as an ATM. It's really... Uh, amazing and they have them in grocery stores as well as banks and around you know in Mm -hmm. in different areas which makes things extremely convenient because they have a very high amount of security around any transactions and so you often will find you have a secret code and Mm -hmm. then you have to match it to your secret code (laughs) and then it has to be matched to the secret code of the person or the company that you're purchasing something from and it's all very very um interesting but uh, it, it
0: works. And how long do you foresee staying there? Mm, well,
2: <laughs> at least five years. Um, we've put ourselves on a five-year plan. One of the reasons that we moved to Europe was that we spent so much of our time uh, traveling here um, that we really wanted to have access um, more easily uh, to a lot of the countries in, in Europe and, and that are accessible from here. And uh, the process of immigration um, takes five years and then um, we can receive EU passports. And that was one of our goals. So at least that long, although I don't know that either one of us anticipates moving from here uh, even after that. that We we can't, you can never say never. Um, And um, we'll be exploring Europe uh, more as soon as it's safe to do so. Obviously, our travels have been limited, uh, just like everyone else. But uh, there's an awful lot of Portugal to explore as well. So we have, we have many days ahead of us um, that we look forward to traveling.
1: Yeah, and it's really actually it's hard to believe that we've already been here for eight months. Yeah. I mean, we just we just passed our eight month period on Christmas Day. So you know, and it's we're like, wow, I can't believe we thought we thought we would know so much more Portuguese by now. <laughs> yes. You know, it's a rather hard language to learn, but you know, we, we we learn more every single day. Um, you know, there's certain things that I think that we thought we'd be a little bit further along on, you know, but that are taking a little bit longer administratively. But um all in all, I'd say, you know, you know, we're 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 very happy here. I think people most people say when they when they see us, either on the Zoom or you know, our pictures are, they'll say that they can't believe how happy we look <laughs> and how relaxed. Yes, how relaxed we look, you know, so it's all, it's, it's been good. And it's like, you know, the, the health system here works really well. We were able to get our boosters, um, last week, you know, so, um, you know, we're really happy about that, you know, to be in the system and being part of that is, is very helpful. That's for sure.
0: And do you have day jobs, quote unquote, that you're able to do remotely, yeah. right?
1: Yes. Yes. We, we both uh, are still working. We're not retired, you know, and um, I'm a professor at the university in Chicago. I'm still teaching, you know, and um, obviously we run food travelist uh, and and we also are both uh, consultants as well. I do some marketing consulting and uh, Diana does business consulting as well.
0: That's, that's wonderful. So since you're in this wonderful place and in this wonderful position to really put the concept of culinary travel to the work. Talk a little bit, and and I know this is the crux of of Food Travelist and it's the crux of Real Food Traveler too, but talk a little bit, if you would, about the connection between food and travel and why to you and and to me, they can't be separated.
2: Well, when we started Food Travelist, we actually did some research and discovered that there's an organization called the World Food Travel Association, which helps destinations market itself to tourists based on um, their culinary uh, uniqueness. So we took a deep dive and actually became certified culinary travel professionals. We had to take a long course with um, tests and all kinds of things to get our certification. But what we learned is uh, really fascinating in that while a lot of destinations may have other things to attract folks like you know ski resorts or golf courses or scuba diving or whatever, many people don't have hobbies like that, but every single person eats when they travel. And there's uh, about, I think, 17 or 18 different profiles of culinary travelers. In, that, in other words, people who decide where they're going to travel because of, what food experiences they may have and they're as varied as people who like to go um, to experience farms, people who like Michelin star dining, people who like to brag about trying something that none of their friends have tried, uh, young people who want to go and experience eating in somebody's home, um, other people who are um, you know, wine lovers, whatever. So we learned a lot about um, the fact that not only from a, a consumer standpoint is food and travel and naturally uh, going together, but also from a destination standpoint, it's, a one, it's one way that, that a destination can really distinguish itself. And so when we were traveling, whether it was on our own or on a press trip or whatnot, we always travel with an eye toward how does that culture express itself through food? And of course there are people you know out there who have been doing this for a while, whether it's a, you know, was it Tony Bourdain or, um, you know, Giada De Laurentiis or these folks who, for whom culture and food are synonymous with travel. We wanted to bring that to another level of traveler, maybe an aspirational traveler um, and people who are making those buying decisions. You know, where are we going to travel based on what we want to eat? And then how do we learn about the culture through the food? And so for us, they're really intertwined very deeply. Um, and both of us have our you know, ethnic roots and whatnot. So we've got affinities towards certain cultures and understandings of those cultures and how food fits in just from the dealings that we had with our own families and that we bring to our family now combined.
0: Yeah, that what you're saying feeds right into to what we always say about real food traveler readers is that they they feel that they're not fully experiencing a destination unless they're experiencing the local cuisine too, and the, and the ingredients and the, the methods of cooking and the people behind it. And I've, I've got friends and family members who love to travel, but they don't necessarily want to eat the local cuisine, and it just makes me cringe. <laughs> it makes me kind of crazy. But the only thing that keeps me from just wanting to scream at them is I figure, well, if, if they're eating American fare, at least they're tasting American fare that's being prepared by that country. So maybe there's a slight you know slight influence of that country that they're getting in there but i otherwise i feel it's a, a real shame and a real loss if you're not experiencing the the local cuisine and not just the iconic things but you know the everyday things that people are are preparing and eating there so i i love the concept of true culinary travel and love the way you guys describe it i i wanted to talk to kind of tying everything we've talked about together you know because of the pandemic of course people have rethought their lives, you know, they've, they're faced with death all the time, the fear of death all the time. And um, you know, as we all know, it's made people think: Do I really want to be in this career? Do I really want to be living in this place? What do I want to do with my life? It's not just the drudgery of every day anymore. And of course, things like Zoom and and you know other ways to work remotely and talk to each other remotely has completely changed things. So I just wanted to know, you know, if since the pandemic seems to be ongoing and maybe just a new new normal for us talk to me a little bit about how you think we look at big change in our lives now differently.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's an excellent point. And I think that we, I think collectively, we were all in the same situation in March of last year, when all of a sudden, uh, especially, you know, for us, you know, we're writing about food and travel taking trips all the time, you know, uh, and really getting out there flying, you know, traveling. And, uh, that was that was like a complete stop, right? I mean, so our way of life had changed dramatically overnight. Um, and we were all forced to look at what were we going to do, you know, how long was this going to last? And, you know, do, do we need to start thinking about, is there something else we can do as well? Um, from not just from a career point, but in financial point as well, you know, and, you know, one of the things that we did <laughs> during the, during the pandemic, you know, was we actually wrote a book, you know, that, you know, called, you know, what should I do now? You know, which is, a, which is a workbook on helping people to decide um, how can they look at the all of the skills that they have in their life and everything that they've done so far and put those to use possibly in a, in a way that might be a little bit unique to you know to what they're currently doing um, and so that was kind of one of the things I think that 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 played really well into that time and so you know we took a hard look at what we were doing, you know, and, you know, made some changes to how we were, you know, going about our business as well. It's like, we we changed the way we were writing a bit and start, you know, started to focus more on recipes and, you know, and really some, you know, culinary aspects of places.
2: And bringing the taste of travel home since right. we couldn't go and travel to the taste. So we did some videos and we really focused on the idea that, you can live a global life even in your own hometown and um with uh what should i do now the idea is that some people were forced to rethink their lives whether their company closed they were unable to do the same work that they were doing they had changes in their personal lives. I mean, because what should I do now encompasses a lot more than just your work life, right? And we found that a lot of people were asking us about, you know, things in their life that um, they were stuck in. And so we realized that Sue and I both have had times in our lives where we've done complete resets and we've gone through similar processes. And so what we did was we thought it would be helpful to write down what those processes were. And so we basically did a workbook that's two you know, two weeks of uh, looking at every aspect of your life, maybe with fresh eyes and to get to the point where you can look at where you are now and think about whether you need to go somewhere else in another direction. And if so, what that direction might be because I think overall the pandemic has forced most of us to look at uh, what's really important to us and who's really important to us and you know, how much money do we really need and what are we willing to give up and what do we absolutely mm-hmm. have to have. And you can't always see very clearly when you're stressed about things like that. And so rather than sit and stew and be stuck with this overwhelm, we wanted to break it down into a step by step process that each one of us independently and then us together have used. um, Not necessarily helping people make those decisions, but helping them get to the point where they understand they do have choices and options and kind of clearing away the clutter that I think so many of us really just got cobwebs um, because of this really ongoing uh, uncertainty.
1: Right. Well, I think a lot of people don't think through how many skills they really have you know and how to use them yes you know, because like if you're used to doing a certain job in an office you're doing that thing maybe repetitively or maybe some subtle differences but you don't realize that a lot of the skills that you use in those jobs can be transferred into doing other things that you may never have thought about before and I think that that I mean for me that 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 definitely was the case when I you know, started you know, thinking about leaving my corporate job now, you know, 15 years ago, you know, it's like, so I think that that is, it's really helpful for people to know that, you know, there's other people that have done it. I think that a lot of people could have looked to us to say, I, you know, I want, you know, like, how many times have i heard from my students and they're like, I want to have your life, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, well, it's like, my life has changed in so many different ways over the years, you know, it's like saying, you know, at different points, you know, I've done different things, but I think that, I've always left myself open and Diane has too to change, you know, and to looking at things in a different way. And, that, and I think that's really important, especially as we went through, you know, the pandemic and are still going through, you know, these challenges. Um, you know, we, you know, we still obviously have a huge passion for food and travel. We still write for food travelists. Um, We still have a, you know, a a hand in meeting with people and things through Zoom and, you know, in other ways, maybe not traveling so much, but we've also started writing for other publications, you know, and doing some other writing, you know, that, you know, we probably wouldn't have looked at before if we were so focused on our own things, you know, it's like, so you have to kind of look at the, the kind of good side of change, you know, and, you know, and, you know, what you want to do, what you really love to do. And a lot of people say, I want to do something that I'm passionate about, right? He's like, but I I don't, I I don't always subscribe to that because sometimes, you know, things that you're passionate about may not be the things that you can do to make a living, you know, but um, it doesn't, doesn't hurt to do something that you at least want to do every day and not you know have a job that you're just dreading you know going to every day or even just turning on a zoom call for your boss you know every day i mean obviously the workplace has changed dramatically you know over the last two years and i'm I'm sure we're going to still see more change as we go through so i'm just trying to be open to those changes and what they can mean to you and what you can do i think
0: is is so important Yeah, this is a chance to sort of hit the reset button on our lives Mm -hmm. if we want to. I did not know that you'd written that book. How can we get that book?
1: Ah, it is on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) It's called, you know, What Should I Do Now? You know, it's a 14-day workbook written by myself, Sue Riddell, and Diana Garris. So easy to find. It's a big, bright blue and yellow cover. (laughs)
0: okay well we with our podcast we always have a teaser article on the website with the little player in there and that's our chance to provide some links and photos and stuff so I'll be sure to link to your book so everybody can get that and I I know a few people who in my life who can use that book so that'll come in very (laughs) handy we all do
2: yeah we all do and that was probably part of the genesis of doing it is you know instead of people really I think what happens is you get so um, blinded by what you've always done. It's really hard to do that reset or to to give yourself permission to do it. Um, We have, as Sue said, I've I've done some uh, counseling and and, uh, business consulting, and I've dealt with people who really never gave themselves the option to do something different. They were set on a course And they not necessarily don't like it, you know, but it's just what was expected of them. Mm -hmm. And they gave up along the way on some things that they really loved to do or some things that they were told you can't make a living at. And I think you probably know, uh, Courtney and we know that if you're really uh, in love with food and travel and you somehow managed to find a way to uh, work in the tourism industry, your food and travel expenses themselves can go down considerably so that the amount of cash money you need to make in order to pay for all that travel also goes down. And so there are a lot of different ways of looking at work and life and those things that are much more integrated. And I think pandemic wise, they're becoming even more integrated as people really start to understand How much of their lives have revolved around work and you know their family uh, is now you know maybe a little bit more uh, in their face if you will (laughs) because so many people are working at home (laughs) and I just think there are a lot more options and and it's not all about having to say I am an x or I'm a y or I go here or I work there it's about having a life that makes sense and what makes sense these days is probably way different than what made sense, you know, maybe when I was coming out of college or when Sue was an executive,
0: so. Well, that's it's beautifully put, really a lot of, uh, I, I keep feeling like I'm doing puns on purpose, but I'm not, but that's great food for thought. <laughs> Um, Well, I know it's, it's getting late there in Portugal. And uh, so I'll wrap things up and just say, you know, thank you for so many things. Thank you for Food Travelist and and for everything you do. Thank you for being guests today on our podcast. I think this will be very thought provoking for people as well as entertaining. Thank you for everything you've done with hashtag food travel chat every Wednesday and for letting me be involved in that. And especially for enabling me to to take the reins and and for still sticking around. <laughs> to Absolutely, be we're going to be your biggest cheerleaders yeah.
2: for sure.
1: You're not getting rid of us. Yeah, <laughs> good,
0: good, good. Very, very glad to hear that. Um, so, happy New Year to you both. I, I, you know, hope we all stay healthy and. I look forward to following you and continuing to be involved and, and see your adventures and see your gorgeous photos and you know your travels and life in, um, in Portugal and beyond, hopefully someday soon. Mm-hmm. So thank you both so much. It's been a real treat.
1: Thank you, Courtney. Happy, thank, Happy New Year. Thank you, Courtney.
2: And we are wishing you every success with Food Travel Chat. We'll be there
1: helping in any way that we can.
0: Thank you very much.